everybody. Welcome to episode number 16 of the RIP podcast. We've missed you. We've had a little bit of a break, but we're back. We're back stronger than ever uh, with Barnaby and Christoph and myself. My name's Steve. Hello. And uh, again, we are more than happy to be back for you talking about all the things within the rock and metal community. This week on the show, reviews come from none other than Gojira, Evile, Tetrarch, and this week's Symphonies of Destruction comes from none other than the, the Goths in Alkaline Trio. But before we get to all of that, fellas, fellas, how's your two weeks been since I last physically looked at both of you? Christoph! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm climatic as usual. Definitely need them fucking little prompt cards. Yeah, it's been pretty fucking banging, man. Like, the weather's gotten good, apart from hail today. Been outside, getting fucking tattooed, making the most of all the shit, back in the yeah. pool, beating personal bests all over the place. Did fucking kind of feel, shit. Uh, kind of feel when you were getting tattooed, it was, although it's painful, it's just like, it's so happy to feel like pleasure pain again. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back in like a tattooist because that's going to be one of those things where like, oh my God, it's kind of like, it's like being back in normality for a second. Like, although it's painful, it's like a pain that I've missed. It's weird. And it's like, I sat down and obviously, you know, I've got like, I got a fucking lot of tattoos yeah. and I sat down and I like, she stuck the fucking design onto my, onto my shin mm. and I like felt this instant butterflies yeah. I'm like really giddy and I'm like oh man I forgot how that feeling because like every time you get tattooed it's, you get that a little bit but where it's been a year since my last tattoo I was like oh fuck yeah here yeah, we go yeah, this is actually this happening. is life yeah man what the fuck <laughs> this is great that's awesome dude I'm really jealous um all about you uh, Barnaby have you had a good week mate or a good couple of weeks should I say yeah, these past few couple of weeks have been quite good, actually. Uh, finally back at my proper job, which has been great, seeing all my colleagues again, back doing what I uh, love doing for work. And mm. yeah, other than that, just been practicing loads of guitar, jumping out on the motorbike a lot, fucking going blasting down some B-roads and annoying every fucking van driver under the sun. And mm. checking out a lot of new bands. This week's been pretty damn good, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, not wrong, buddy. It's been a good week. A uh, good few weeks, should I say. I've been, uh, I've been spending a lot of time outdoors myself. I've been... Uh, going on epic bike rides recently I've, I've i recently invested in a brand new uh not motorbike but bicycle so uh, i've been spending a lot of time outdoors you know fucking pumping pedals listening to death metal as uh, as any normal human being should you're all freaks if you don't and uh yeah it's been good i'm looking forward to uh getting more and more bits of normality back as we uh, as we get further and yeah. further along the year but yeah man it's it's been all good so um in the typical fashion in our ip uh podcast ways i suppose we should probably start as we always start with a little bit of news that's been going on over the last few weeks do you mind if i started this week barnaby i know you're obviously our news correspondent mate but again i i kind of feel that i uh i want to kind of kick us off if that's all right Oh, first of all, it's nice to refer to people who listen to Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift as freaks. I can get, definitely get behind that message. And uh, <laughs> secondly, yeah, no problem at all. I know uh, I am the resident news anchor, but I feel um, I can always let uh, my colleagues take the lead role every now and then. So, Stephen, what have you got for us today? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, no, <laughs> Nobody's I gonna just want to start off because whilst we were away, 
uh, a little band announced they were coming back. Now, obviously, presumably people that do listen to this show or that have probably just discovered this show and are listening to us for the first time. Hello. Mudvayne. Mudvayne yes. have announced. Yes. Yes. Mudvayne have announced that oh, they are yeah. coming back. I for one I for one cannot fucking wait. I absolutely adore Mudbane. It's been one of those things that's kind of like been like will they won't they for uh, quite a while. And now that it's official and I, I think that, that they the announcement was made like a good week or so ago now, but about that, yeah. I think they're starting off by just doing a couple of shows in America, like US festivals, uh, hopefully this year. And uh, and then from that point onwards, I mean, I can't imagine them being any more than incredible when they do eventually come around, which in turn will probably prompt them to start looking overseas, maybe, or uh, who knows. But are you guys excited for the return of Mudvayne? Fuck yeah. How could you not be? Yeah, I mean, uh, Christoph. I mean, what, a band what I... that fucking wild, you know, like. Yeah. They're just like the audio equivalent of taking every fucking drug, you know. They're just <laughs> they're just so scatty. They look incredible when you're like thirteen or fourteen and you first discovered them. You're like, oh shit! Like you know, these guys are fucking insane. And then you listen to them, you're like, oh, they're even more fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just hope that they're just as fucking insane if they make new material. You know, and even if they don't, I'm just excited to hear anything off LD50. You know, I fuck it. I still put that record on. Yeah. Lost even and found now. as well. That's another god tier of Mudvayne. Yeah, album. I mean that's again. It's just like they're one of those bands that like you can go a number of years without listening to, and then when you put them back on, you just think, oh yeah, they were they they were fucking incredible. Like I I adore Mudvayne, and um, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I thought hell yeah, we're they were okay. I mean, I, I liked that. Yeah, it's cool that it's kind of good. You've got like this super group with members of Pantera and, and so on in, yeah, in the band, yeah. you know. But I kind of feel that like Mudvayne, they're just like the ultimate in terms of like that whole new metal thing. And uh, me being a kid that grew up with new metal, I, I just mm. can't be more excited uh, that Mudvayne are, are planning a return. And uh, yeah, let's see how that progresses. But um you never know. New metal might be coming up a bit further on in this show, but uh... Ooh, I'm excited about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Barnaby, what, what have you got the news for us this week, then, mate? Well, tonight on the RIP News broadcast system, Ted Nugent <laughs> continues to be an absolute fuckwit despite getting infected with COVID-19. So this was a story I wanted to cover um, when we were meant to do the episode last week. Obviously, that didn't happen um, mm. for uh, Christoph's laptop giving out on the yeah, camera. Yeah, cheers, Masturbation habit. Yeah. Look, right, I assumed when it said about sticky keys, yeah, that it meant literally I could jerk on the keys and that was sticky keys. I didn't yeah, realise it was a technical keys, thing. I'm not, not a thing, fucking mate. computer person, mate. I got I fucked up. Yeah, well, maybe you should like... We live, we learn. We live angry, and learn. Angry message to like Bill Gates to make his... Make your keyboards a lot more durable for spunk, is what you should tell him. <laughs> Take hotkeys yeah. to a whole new level. But yeah... Over the course of our, our little break, uh, Ted Nugent, who is a, who is as we know it, is such an expert on science, politics, society, culture, you know, barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, he has contract. He contracted COVID nineteen, and it wasn't nice for him actually. Yes. And I mean, I know 
all our thoughts on Ted Nugent, but I would never wish death on uh, really anyone. So, yeah, hopefully it looks like he's recovering, which is good news for his, uh, his uh, tens of fans still left. <laughs> but you think after um, getting infected with COVID-19, he had sort of wake up and go, well, hang on, maybe a lot of the stuff I said against like social distancing and masks and vaccinations, maybe what I've said is wrong. You'd think that, right? You would assume so. Well, uh, it's a Ted Nugent, so he's continuing to spout all the same bullshit he has done before, despite uh, getting quite badly infected with COVID-19. So he still continues to be against social distancing and masks, and he's like, oh, the vaccinations, they really don't have that proof that they work and all that stuff. And it's just, um, well, how can I put it lightly? It's a little bit of an infuriating read, but I thought I'd bring it up because um, just to highlight the stupidity of some people in the human, in the human race, and one of them being uh, Ted Nugent, obviously. MD Nugent. <laughs> the barbecue sauce expert. So, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um, the irony, really, isn't it? It's kind of like, yeah. you know, you talk shit, and next thing you know, you're backtracking. It's like, I read one quote where he was, you know, he was obviously saying that he, at points he thought he was going to die. And it's kind of like, for somebody who talked so much shit, the fact that he got it bad, you would think would kind oh, yeah, of because he's not a young he's not young i think he's in his 70s now isn't no he? Uh, yeah man he's he's, he's an old timer and um... i really need to actually look up these facts before i start um before i come on air no, fuck myself, that. we make the facts. he is an old man other, he is an old man basically so he's not a spring chicken like he used to be he's been going since the 70s if he well presumably he did get covid 19 it wasn't just like oh stay indoors for two weeks and blow off it was quite bad for him yeah well i i just kind of I kind of like the the irony about it. I mean, not that it's nice that, like you say, it's never nice that somebody contracts quite a deadly disease. Obviously, mm, I yeah. I do hope you know I'm I'm I am pleased that he's obviously pulled through it and he's, yeah, he's not course. died. But it's kind of it's nice to know that he's hopefully you would think would learn his lesson. Hopefully, but obviously, based yeah. on the, uh, the 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 recent quotes and what have yeah, you well, speaking of saying stupid shit i've got one more story of him and i'm gonna stop milking uh taking the piss out of ted nugent away so basically um so theodore um nugent as um this metal sucks article rightfully describes him as has called the, De the democrat democratic party a satanic cult he's basically saying that um this freak president and his gang of american hate america haters are a satanic cult that literally throw gasoline on the fire of hurt pain and suffering I'm pretty sure he's confusing that with the Democratic Party. So maybe he's got dementia. Who knows? Possibly. I mean, he, he, he probably goes to bed at night just assuming that like, while he's tucked up in his, uh, his lovely pajamas, that in the meantime, like Joe Biden's probably just eating children. You know, it's, it, it's just the, the, the thoughts of a madman, you know. Fair play. I mean, if that's the way that like Ted Nugent is trying to stay current at the moment, it's just by throwing out these outlandish quotes to kind of just get people riled, then clearly it's working because, you know, he's he's clearly still upsetting people even without his music. But, um, yeah, yeah, My whatever. Feet. Should start a new segment, which is just called basically Nugent Watch. Like, what's Nugent doing this week to upset people? It's like, tonight on Nugent Watch, we watch him take out his trash. He had barbecue pizza for dinner. Yeah. yeah exactly. Anything else you got on the news, Barnaby? Got two more stories I'm going to whiz through really quickly. Um, Rings of Saturn are in a little bit of trouble. They've been dropped by nuclear blast from over threats and baseless demands. Now, I'm not really a Rings of Saturn fan, so I'm not entirely fam familiar with our music, but the band's um, lead guitarist and overall ringleader, Lucas Mann, 
apparently has made some threats and baseless demands against uh, their current label, Nuclear Blast. Now, it doesn't say the context of what these threats and baseless demands were or um, what exactly Nuclear Blast were doing to cause such um, grievance, but Rings of Saturn and Abin dropped from the label as a result of it. Again, there's very little on what the threats might be, but one can assume that that's really not a good look for the um, alien-inspired deathcore band, so... We'll see how this um, story uh, develops. Probably said that you know they wouldn't supply them with like free crates and Monster Energy drink as part of their record deal for the next record. And you yeah, know, but why would you make baseless claims out. against a well well known reputable label like Nuclear Blast, one who have had like bands like DB Borgir be on their label for nearly their entire career? They obviously yeah. look after the bands they have, so exactly. something's going on. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, I trust nuclear blast more than i do the the decision making within rings of saturn you know so clearly something was asked for that was unreasonable or you know who knows but yeah we might find out a bit more info as is uh as, as time goes on but uh yeah fuck knows dude yeah well we'll keep a close eye on the story and see how it develops mm, i've cool. got and i've got one more story uh before i do come on to that story uh christoph have you got anything at all or uh, I was going to talk about the stupid ass hardcore gig, but I don't think it bears any need, really. Oh, okay. We can bring that up in the oh, end. Yeah. Oh, yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah! Muscle dummies are... spitting on each other! Bad boy! Oh, the listeners are not oh, going to get this joke, bad are they? Bad myself! <laughs> oh, yeah! Yeah! God's sake. <laughs> uh, it's a little bit of, um... I wouldn't say bad news, but a little bit of disappointing news, but understandably... It's probably the right thing um, that uh, the band has decided to do with this uh, new last story being that the new Exodus album has been delayed until the autumn because of Tom Hun- drummer Tom Hunting's uh, cancer treatment, which we covered in the last episode. We mm. wish Tom all the best. Hope he fucking drop kicks cancer to the floor. But because of that, the um, new Exodus album is going to be um, delayed until the autumn, which uh, ultimately is going to be the right decision to do. Hopefully, Tom Hunting pulls through this cancer and kicks its arse, so we all get to hear some kick-ass new Exodus material in the autumn. Fuck yeah. Yeah, man, definitely. All right, well, that's everything we've got for the news, really. Uh, It's been a bit of a bleak week, really, when you think about it in summary, but uh, other than Mudvayne, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's kick off with some reviews, I suppose. Uh, I'm eager oh, to get yeah, the reviews yeah, this yeah, week, because let's be honest, I think the records this week are fucking banging. But, uh, oh, yeah, there's been some fucking god-tier shit coming out this week. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay, so the first album we're going to be talking about this week, for eight-year break, English fresh metal bandits Evile are back uh, with a revitalized lineup. Uh, old Drake now being the leader of the band, taking over frontman duties from his brother, Matt. Were you guys fans of, of Evil? Oh, like, yes. Back in the day, yeah? Oh, yeah. I fucking love Evil, man. They're one of my favorite of the uh, newer thrash bands, you know, like bands like Havoc, Warbringer, Vector. Yeah. Evil have always been one of my favorites. Uh, Five Serpents Tease is a fucking god-tier thrash album. I was a little bit worried when... Um, Matt announced he was stepping back from the band, which is unfortunate because I loved his riffs and I loved his vocals. But um, I'll get onto that um, when uh, we come time to do the review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm very much uh, part of that kind of. I remember seeing this band years and years and years ago because there was a period around about like I want to say, I mean, it's got to at least have been now about like 
10 years ago where this band seemed to have been like literally everywhere. Every festival that I had went to, sort of being somebody who was like running around music festivals at the age of like fucking, uh, you know, 19, 20, just like trying to see as many bands as I possibly could. I distinctly remember one of them sticking out being Evile, who I remember, if I'm not mistaken, it was a it was a rainy day at Download 2011. And I remember running into the tented, one of the tented stages. I want to I want to say it was the Pepsi Max stage. Uh, Evile were playing and the tent was absolutely fucking rammed. And um, I was just so engrossed in it. I remember looking around even at that age, just thinking like, this is really fucking cool. You've got like this uh, this English fresh metal band that uh, that have got such like a a wide scope in terms of the fans. Like you, you had like really old metalers that had like the you know the Slayer back patches on the denim jackets, and then you had people my age that were loving it just as much. Um, yeah, they were just one of those bands that seemed to sort of a- appeal to uh, a lot of age groups, you know, because they could they could do that fresh thing just so immensely well and yeah it's just again i I kind of from that performance they did it download i I then you know got invested in in their back catalog like uh, uh, into the grave i think their first record or enter the grave and then infected nations Uh, yeah yeah and uh and as you said serpent's teeth you know i i i basically went into their back catalog and and just immediately got like engrossed in in it it was sort of like seemed to me that other than listening to slayer and the big four and all these classic vintage thrash bands it was really nice to have like an english band to go to like a quite a new young up-and-coming band that did it did it just as well and then the years went by and you know i i continued to listen to them uh not as much as i as i did when i'd first discovered them granted and i, I think that it was 2013 when it was their last record that came out named skull and if i'm honest i don't really remember too much from that record it kind of it was something that flew by for me personally it kind of flew by i I don't know the the point i was in in my life i was more than likely you know listening to other things and and kind of trying to get to grips with loads of new music but uh obviously barney you said that you were immediately transfixed on this band as soon as you discovered them so did you check out skull much were you a fan of it or was i, I did yeah i dug it i wouldn't say i dug it as much as five serpents teeth but it was still classic evil and i yeah i did dig it yeah. oh, that's cool uh and, and christoph i mean was this a band that you had known about prior to this or was this like a very like a first kind of experience for you coming into this review yeah this is the first time i've probably listened well first time i listened to them at all oh cool so, okay. yeah it was this morning well, that kind of gives it a, a bit of an interesting perspective because obviously you've got me and Barney that were familiar with the Evile of old and obviously we've got you that's like just discovering this band with their latest release. So with that being said, the first new record in over eight years, uh, what are you guys saying? Barnaby, I'll, I'll let you kick us off. I dig it. I really do. I feel like this yeah. might be not their best album, but definitely one of their best and uh i probably i'll i'll explain why now the only yeah. the thing was it took me a little while to get used to aldrich's vocals because he's got a yes. little bit more of a shouty angry raspy style he's definitely a lot more in the kind of like deeper end of it like his voice seems a lot lower in the mix yeah it's a bit like that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Which I think might be subjective to some, especially me. I absolutely loved Matt Matt Drake's vocals because he's so melodic yeah. and he still had that shouty Tom Mariah esque sound to it. But he could say he could definitely exactly. sing as well. We take tracks like In Memoriam Cult as well. Yeah. yeah. But still, nonetheless, all Drake's vocals are actually really surprising. I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's definitely got some good thrash metal chops to him. As always, familiar, really fantastic lead guitar player. So the leads were definitely um, something that was a highlight on this record. When you look at the solos on like Gore, 1982, The Thing, and, oh, sorry, that's the other way around, and uh, Hell Unleashed and Incarcerate, like this absolutely phenomenal lead guitar on this album. It's just, it's just no nonsense thrash. Yeah. But this thrash it just keeps hitting you in the face over and over and over again. And I remember when we did the, the Nervosa's latest album, that was a good record I did enjoy, but I just felt like it just really lacked that punchy production which it needed to cut through this mm. is what that was lacking it sounds fucking gr- production wise this is this is amazing yeah exactly uh, definitely lots yeah. of slayer as well i mean you think of gore and that bit before it all goes um completely balls to the wall it's just got that yeah i could definitely see that these guys were listening to a lot of like maybe south of heaven when they were getting inspired to record this record yeah but there's a lot of like jeff hanneman worship in in the guitar work and everything it's, it's mm. like this band are clearly a band that just love fresh in general. And, you know, yeah, you can you can really pick that vibe up when you listen to this record. Um, yeah. Not just this record, but their back catalogue in general with Evil. You know, they're, they're just a bunch of dudes that fucking love Slayer and, and love horror films and love, mm-hmm. you know, that, 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 that whole. Yeah, it's the whole sense that, you know, I mean, horror and fresh like horror movies and fresh. They, they they just kind of go hand in hand really. oh yeah it's like, it's like <laughs> to quote tal digging ice it's cocaine and waffles <laughs> exactly man like it just it's just yin and yang and um the thing is with fresh metal too is is when it's done to as a high standard as this is it's really difficult to not enjoy it and equally it makes it even harder to review because you can you can only say things are good in so many words and um it's it's the same with this it's just like if you enjoy fresh metal it's impossible for you to not enjoy this record you know vocally i mean i i didn't i didn't really think that old drake had very distinctive had a very distinctive voice uh, you know, it, it just sounds like a normal dude with an impressive beard screaming about zombies for about 40 minutes. And um, <laughs> just a bad thing in itself. No, it's not at all. But it's like, you know, it's, it's not exactly, you know, when you talk about vocalists and, and you can kind of listen to vocalists and say, well, that's that guy from that band. When you hear their voice, you know, it's, it's like old yeah. Drake. You, you can kind of you really can kind of put his voice on like anything and you wouldn't really know who it is. But again, this is thrash metal, so I suppose a lot of people don't tend to focus on the. the I feel like the focus always on thrash metal is the the instrumental, is more specifically the guitar work. Yeah, you know, it's the pacing and how fast it is. You know, this was fast start to finish. Yeah, man, the stamina these guys have to just play at fucking million miles an hour, front to back, is absolutely impressive. Yeah, like you said it before, but the thing, nineteen eighty two, that's my favorite from this personally just how fast that song is and the subject matter i'm a yeah. real big horror movie buff i fuck it i love that film the particular thing the 80s one um yeah man it, it's it's fucking great it's a it's incredible pacing you know it's it's everything that you want from a a, a fresh metal record in essence 
Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, sorry to interrupt you. I think the the thing that's amazing is that eight years out of the game and they come back with and they absolutely smash out the ballpark. That's the thing which has uh, impressed me the most, to be out of the mm. game for that long and then come back and go, hey, here's our new album, go and join you. You go, holy shit, they really haven't lost their touch. Yeah, man, exactly. It's kind of like, it feels like they've never kind of been away for as long as mm. they have. Uh, I mean, so well, that's me and Barney speaking this, speaking about this in the sense of people that were aware of Eval and have listened to previous efforts. So Christoph, you being somebody that's kind of coming into this band with fresh new ears, uh, what, what did you reckon when you uh, when you stuck it on? So I fucking loved it at the start. I thought the bass work was fucking incredible. Yeah. Like I found oh. every time I get like got pulled back in, it was always by the bass. But mm. then after a while, I feel like I think the thing with Fresh is like it's never gonna be too much that's new or revolutionary. Yeah. You know, it got to a point because I was out on the bike, so it got to a point where it just got very samey, you mm. know, and it wasn't sort of like I think I should have probably like made more time and sat down with it because it didn't sort of pull you back in. Like it's fucking intense. Yeah. God shit, John, like blows your fucking mind, you know? Yeah. I quite liked the vocalist, but then I guess I didn't have anything to compare him against. You know? Yeah. I really liked the 90s sort of vibe it had going on. Like anytime you, you know, with every tune, you felt this like, really cool 90s-esque thrash but like just super fucking well put together super well assembled but mm. was for me it was just samey you know yeah like well, it was the, good yeah yeah exactly i mean it's, it's like as i said earlier the thing is with thrash is that uh it's kind of like thrash has been done to this point where what more can you really do with that style of music i mean I feel that thrash is one of those those genres where, like, well, there's only one way to do it, and there's only so many ways you can execute it. And that's with violence and speed. Yeah, exactly. And let's be honest, every thrash band do that. Uh, some better than others, and you know, I feel that Evil that they're definitely that they're definitely up there in terms of like you know speed and in terms of intensity. But it's nothing new. It's, it's, you know, I mean, it's stuff that you've heard bands do many times before. But it's just kind of nice to know that the band, you know, a, a band that have got a back catalogue such as Evil have kind of come back as if they were never, as if they mm. never went away, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. um, Yeah, it's just a cool thing Absolutely. to listen to. It's really, really cool, this, uh, this album. And uh, yeah, I, I really hope that uh, with Bloodstock, fingers crossed going ahead this year Evil are on that lineup so uh let's hope that we get to see some of this stuff live in a couple yeah. of months fingers um, crossed touch wood absolutely yeah man cool uh well have you guys got anything more to add to uh the Evil hell unleashed or are we all quite happy with uh with Evil being back i am absolutely stoked to have them back and i think that's that cool all right well again uh that is Evil's brand new record which is named hell unleashed welcome back Evil out now on napalm records god they've been dropping some fucking fire this year napalm records have yeah man you know ectomorph this new band which we're going to talk about they're on well, napalm. <laughs> speaking of napalm oh, uh, that man. brings us as a nice segue into the next album that we're going to be talking about all right now whether people like it or not rumblings of a resurgence are starting to happen oh, at yes. the moment yeah now 
new metal looks to be making a gradual comeback and uh and if i'm honest i'm here for it tetrarch uh an american band from atlanta georgia following up their self-titled album back in 2017 called freak uh the band signed a deal with napalm records and here we are today talking about their second record uh unstable uh now i know that new metal can be considered a bit of a dirty word sometimes but are you guys fans of new metal in general? For the most part, yeah. For better or for worse, I am. Cool. Uh, Christoph, uh, what about you, buddy? I mean, are, are you well, a fan new of... metal addict. I, addict, addict. Like, You're a new metal headhead. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it got me into metal. It got me into fucking hip-hop. They're the two best genres of music. Like, if you hate yeah. it, you're some kind of a prick. Exactly. I mean, I mean, were there any particular bands from that genre that really kind of stuck with you moving forward i mean obviously i know that you two love like pod and crazy town but oh yeah there. come come millennia come come millennia yeah you see <laughs> Sorry, i had to do that i mean bands that you kind of you still go back to today so to speak that were part oh, corn. of corn easily corn corn yeah head pee. yeah fucking head p always did it good head p yeah although jared released a song yesterday with like the record he's on and it's fucking shite <laughs> completely <laughs> discredits like the argument you just said about bands yeah but like it, like because they were a band from that doesn't mean that they necessarily age you know like this new stuff also isn't new metal like he's just trying to be a rapper and like it doesn't work when he's not screaming you yeah. know this is the thing with new metal is like you didn't have to be a good rapper as long as you could shout a bit and rap a little bit I mean, you look know. at DMX. He was shouty. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like, it's true. I mean, that's kind of like the, the, the thing that was uh, part of that whole new metal thing was the was the, the absolute, like, dross of these dudes that were trying to be, like, these intense rappers. But realistically, what did they have to rap about? Like, being in quite a stable family environment and then, like... Fred Durst mentioning red light, green light over a million times. Now he was troubled as a boy. Yeah exactly but you speak pretty badly as a boy but you take all of the bad elements of new metal into account and you think well yeah you know like fair enough it, it, like in its in its sort of dying years you you did have some absolute fucking dross that came with it you know like you had some bad limp biscuit records and you had like mushroom head that were questionable and you know a lot of bands that Param- were paraman 5000 yeah just all these bands that were kind of like clinging on to the dying genre that was new metal and it sort of seemed like all the the, the people that kind of uh, formed it had moved on to do bigger and better things like deftones mm. and fucking corn and, and slipknot were even considered new metal at a point yeah and, well even uh, um Machine had had their new metal phase with the burning red and supercharger, and then you know the blackening and through the ashes was as far away from new metal as you could get. And I fucking love the burning red as one of my favorite. Oh, burning red and supercharger too. God tier Machine Head albums. My first, my first touch of Machine Head was the God, uh, the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah. that's it's a incredible. banger live. Um, incredible. One of my favorite songs to hear Machine Head play live was Crashing Around You. That shit was fire. Yeah, Enter the Phoenix. I love the opener of that record. It's so good. Uh, yeah. But, you know, all that being said, you then had Message in a Bottle, which was, for all intents and purposes, <laughs> a fucking shit Yeah, song. and that wasn't the original Machine Head song, though, so we can get... Yeah, we can, but we can give I, a I know it wasn't an original, but it was it still didn't make it any less shite. It was, yeah, it was just like, yeah, let's no, do no, four parts. Like, you know when you do that thing where, like, you draw a picture 
and then you fold it over and the next person and like you end up with like a yeah. person like that's what it was it was like rob wrote a section and then fucking <laughs> the next and like then they just mushed it together and it's like oh there's whispering there's, and like there's no transition it's just a shit show from start, <laughs> and, like, it starts off okay and then just gets worse than that yeah it's that bit where he's like I wrote an SOS. Oh, stop it. You wrote Davidian. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway. Um, yeah. For better or for so, worse, we, love, we all love new metal on the show. Yeah. So with new metal, there were definitely diamonds in the rough, essentially. And this band that we're going to be talking about, they very much encompass all those really, really fucking cool elements of new metal that we, we enjoyed. So again, um, Tetrarch. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. Is that right, Tetrarch? I'm guess so. Yeah. Tetrarch. Um, yeah. We we do apologise if we're butchering your name. Yeah, sincerely, uh, sincere apologies. But listening to the, uh, the 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 stuff that they had done on the build up to Unstable, they released a a self released record named Freak in 2017. And I'd listened to it, and I thought that it was really, really, it was really good. Considering this was like a like a DIY release, you know, it was like it sounded great. The songs were good. It kind of like listening to this band. It gave me like this real, real sense of you know. It, it kind of when it comes to <laughs> new metal for me personally, immediately rekindled that kind of feeling of being like a teenager growing up and like listening to Hybrid Theory and like every single song had these massive hooks and every single song was better than the next. And it just, so that's the thing that got me excited about new metal is that there were these bands that could just drop these albums and every single song on it with these massive hooky bangers, you know? And, uh, and that's really what I got from this, this band going into unstable. It's basically more or less the same. I mean, the production on this album and this band in general, fucking amazing like the, the riffs sound huge you know the hooks are bigger than ever on this record before i go on i mean uh, barney what did you reckon of of this band and, and unstable going into well it? i came into the day not knowing who this band were and now i've i'm leaving today a fucking diehard fan they were mm. fucking amazing and i'm gonna go on the to spunk on this record long enough I'm saying it is, it is essentially a throwback or a revival along with, um, I can think of such bands like From Ashes to New and another kick-ass band who are sort of leading this new metal revival. Yeah, like, this is uh, like new a UK metal. Band. Yeah, UK, but this is like... uh, sorry to jump in, mate. There's a UK band as well called Red Method that have also oh, kind of yeah. started doing this um, this kind of new metal revival thing. And, and, you, and again, Red Method, a lot of parallels can be drawn to this. But yeah, sorry, as you were yeah that's all good yeah that's another really good one as well hacktivist to a certain degree as well yeah yeah they got the whole rap element to it yeah and fifa 333 as well even though yeah i would classify them as new metal actually fifa 333 yeah yeah some can... of the songs they got a little bit of a new metal vibe to them but yeah anyway, that's besides the point basically what tetrarch are doing though this is like new metal decided to take a line of cocaine and decide to fight everyone because it's new metal but it's so much fucking heavier like yeah. when you listen to the opening track of this album i'm not right it's like the production and the quality of the wrist from both the guitarists is just absolutely incredible. And it's like, this is new metal, but it's new metal that's got attitude and would beat you up in the back of a pub garden over mm. a fucking cigarette. 
And this yeah. is where I think a lot of new metal got it wrong, whereas like the intention was there, but it just wasn't heavy enough. And it was just done really sloppily and the lyrics were trash and everything like that. This made me feel like I was 13 years old again and hating the world. Mm. It was absolutely brilliant. You get tracks like I'm Not Right, Unstable. It was get just... your hands off my Marlboro Light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was just like all the best bits of new metal combined into one absolutely amazing mixture. And the mm-hmm. thing I respect about this band as well is like you get a lot of bands which don't really want to be seen as the mainstream and it's the, this it's this elitist true cult kind of thing. These guys are like, no, we want to be big, we want to be superstars, we want to headline places like Wembley Arena and download. Mm. And they keep going like this. I could totally see them doing that being one day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I can certainly see them being like, uh, you can picture, especially with this whole kind of resurgence at the moment, like a big, like a big new metal resurgence. You can think of like a very nostalgic tour with maybe Mudvayne headlining and these guys opening and, you know, getting fucking, I don't know, like Papa Roach getting them on the bill and getting all the crazy town on the bill. Fuck it, you know, imagine like a big... Papa Roach, like, Papa Roach got the shit, though. The last album was wank. Well, Papa Roach, depending if they play Infest in its entirety, but... Okay, yeah, I don't um, see that. Yeah, it's what I mean. It's like just a very, very big, like, just a day at, like, Wembley or a day at Milton Keynes Bowl of, like, nostalgic new metal bands. I can think of this band being such a good opener of, like, okay... We appreciate this day as about like celebrating the nostalgia of these really good like new metal bands, but we're going to open up the stage to let you know that it's not gone away and this is where it's going going mm-hmm. forward. You know, yeah. But uh, Christoph, I mean, uh, obviously we haven't we haven't asked you yet, mate. But what did you think about this? I fucking love it. I listened to like one of their tracks that they released like a week or two ago, and mm. um, yeah, I was stoked. I didn't realize the album was coming out this soon. And yeah, like Barney said, it's just like fucking new metal on steroids. Like, you know, you get those stupid little robots that like remake like songs that you were saying the other day with the Nirvana tune. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like if you took everyone from new metal, you know, like fucking even Static X, which is more a bit more of an industrial sort of side, and you took all of them, chucked them in a bot, fucked the red hat off, go and fuck off, and <laughs> like made this tune. And then just turn the intensity of the whole thing up to fucking 11. That's what you'd get, you know, like negative noise. The drums in that tune, you're like, the first song is quite new metal and negative noise starts playing. You're like, there's no way this can be new. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah. No, the lead like, guitar and, on that track as well is incredible. It's like, and this it's, album, got that, it's got like that very kind of, you know, when Slipknot do that fucking stomp, like, <laughs> like in disaster piece when they fucking just go yeah. for it it's got that real like slipknot thing about it that song i fucking love it every song just grabs you by the fucking throat and just brings yeah. you back in it's like oh you want here's something completely fucking different now on my notes i'm gonna fuck i almost bamboozle myself did take a look inside yeah. uh yes yep i wrote on my notes take a look around yeah, this is a fucking uh, Limp Bizkit. Oh but, no, fucking Limp Bizkit. Yeah, my mistake. Like, I, even I, I listened to it and then I had to listen to it like again and again because like there's so many subtle like Gojira-esque riffs, mm. like heavy Gojira and like even the scratching, scathing sounds, but done it executed in like this new metal way. And I had to re-listen to it be like, 
No, I've just listened to Fortitude like three times. Like it's just, <laughs> you know, it's like Fortitude has just fucked my brain. Like, and listen to it again, and it's like, oh no, it is. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's like you know, it's got their sonic sort of sound. It's uh, it's a very unfortunate week for like any other metal band to release a record the same week as Gojira, really, because it's always going to be like falling to the wayside because. We'll get to it, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, at least it's a change from last episode where we had bands we were, we were shitting on. <laughs> I escaped the fate. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. But it's nice That's, to actually uh... have bands where you can all go, yeah, there's been some kick-ass releases in this week, and yeah, Tetrarch fucking hit out of the ballpark. I'm now a fan. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's... Yeah, man. Like, this band, I, we're not shitting you when we say, like, this is... This is a band that should not be ignored at this point. The, the, I, I think the singer's got a really distinctive voice as well. It's kind of like, it's got like, he's got elements of like Chester Bennington and he's got elements of like uh, Wayne Static and he's, yeah, he's got like a very distinctive voice. It really, it really kind of um, sets it apart from a lot of other singers. Like we were just talking about old Drake, who's just, you know, he's just like a dude in a beard that screams, you know, and that's like, he doesn't sound like distinctive or like different to anything other than a man just screaming with a beard but this guy's got some chops you know he, yeah. he's obviously he's very he's got a very unique voice um and yeah i, I really can't like praise this enough it, it immediately just like as i say just cast me back to that feeling of a teenager listening to hybrid theory and just being in awe of the hooks and being in awe of all the 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 the, the the different songs being you know just banger after banger after banger and it's the same with this record you know i, I really can't fault it if, if you are like a new metal kid like us and you grew up with this shit i'm quite happy to say that new metal's back off the back of this because it's Fuck fucking yeah, great yeah. yeah really fucking strong really strong release have you guys got anything more to add to um tetrarch or are you guys quite all happy with uh, unstable Go fucking buy this record. Yeah, Go, Go buy it. Fucking ten minutes ago, dude. This shit is good. So fucking good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, the words of uh, Ric Flair. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Get fucking new metal back. And uh, if these guys are the fu- if these guys are like you know the the uh, the face of it, if you like, then uh, I'm, I'm happy it. with that. But, yeah. Yeah, man. Fucking great. Uh, again, that's Tetrarch uh, with their second record uh, named Unstable. I urge anybody to go listen to it right now. Uh, but what right now? But once you've, you know, listened to this. And, uh, oh, we can't, we can't tell people to go away just now. We come to the best review of the podcast. I can do whatever the fuck I want. But yeah, do stay here and listen to uh, Gojira. <laughs> because that is who we're going to be talking about next on the show. Arguably the biggest metal release of the year. Viva la France! The mighty fucking Gojira are back with their seventh studio record following up 2016's Magma. The album is called Fortitude. But before we spunk our Thomas the Tank Engine Y fronts, what did you guys think of Magma when it came? I liked it. Yeah? Oh, okay. Did you? Because I know that Magma was kind of. It was a bit of a departure in many ways from the very kind of crushing Gojira that many people had loved for so long. So what was it about Magma that you liked, Barnaby? I think it was a lot of the progressive elements and just trying new things, which I really dug about. Like when you take a track like Lowlands, for instance, which is quite haunting in a way. 
And it's, like, it's not like Gojira completely did a fucking 180 on their sound. They still had crushing tracks like fucking Silvera, Str- uh, not Stranded. Well, Stranded was good as well. Stranded was fucking heavy, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what was the other one I was thinking uh, the of? Only Pain. That's another. That's the one I was thinking of. Only Pain. That was a fucking banger of a track, that was. Mm. The Cell. Like, yeah. They still had fucking crushing tunes on it. But it's just like they wanted to try something different, and they absolutely fucking nailed it. Yeah, and Christoph, what did you reckon of Magma? Dude, I loved it. Like, I like it when bands try something different, you know? Mm. You gotta spread your wings, like... And, like, I suppose they did something different and didn't fucking miss, you know? I can always yeah. take change in, a change in sound, like... That, that's what you want to do. If it ain't shit, it ain't shit, you know? A lot of people are like, you, you must stay in this fucking goddamn pigeonhole, but, like... Yeah. yeah stretch their wings and it's fucking sick. Yeah, you guys are speaking my language. Like, Is this I fucking... album as well? Did that have a sight to behold? Is that on Magma? Oh, that was on uh, The Art of Dying. That yeah. was on The Art of Dying. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, so it was... Um, it, Magma for me was just like... It made perfect sense. It was kind of like, okay, well, the band, they, they were following up Las Son Sauvage, and it was like Las Son Sauvage was like a very... It was a very kind of like, uh, I mean, it, it was so crushing that record, but you could tell that the band at that point were kind of striving to do something a bit more progressive and something a bit more forward thinking. And, and that's when Magma came along and Magma just had these very expansive landscapes to it. Like, uh, my, I love it. My favorite song is a song called Shooting Star from that album. Uh, which is just this very kind of like chugging, haunting, like very atmospheric song. And it was just like, it, it was, it didn't feel too out of place from the Gojira sound, but it was just, it just made sense. That was like, okay, well, well it makes sense that they're going to go in this very weird kind of atmospheric direction. Uh, sort of as, Chris, as Christoph said, like, you know, expanding, flapping their wings, opening their wings, sorry, uh, a bit more. So, Following up from Magma, I mean, obviously, it's been quite a number of years since Magma, and uh, I felt that you know, I, I definitely, I definitely did revisit Magma. Uh, you know, I, I obviously everyone goes back to songs like Stranded. I think Stranded was like one of their most successful songs off the back mm. of it. You know, it yeah. was it was being played on the radio, and it was being very highly regarded as like their their Enter Sandman, if you like. You know, the band's big hit. And um, it's kind of, I feel that in the metal community, at least, there was some, there was some sort of, there was, there was some little ripples of negativity. Like a lot of people had felt that, well, you know, Gojira, they've kind of gone down this path where it's like, it's a bit more melodic and it's not like, it's not crushing and it's not death metal like mm. people were used to up to that point. But, you know, as, as I say, I mean, you know, it just felt like a natural progression from La Son Sauvage, you know, it's sort of it, those elements that they had in that record were then sort of drawn out a lot more. And then you had Magma, which brings us to Fortitude, uh, the band's brand new record. So, I mean, the, the, my main gripe with and the only gripe I might add spoiler alert the only gripe i had was that a lot of bands have started doing this a lot now but they seem to have released quite a bit of this quite a lot of the material from this album on the build-up to it i think they released like a good like 
four or five songs before the record dropped. Yeah, well, they released Another World first, didn't they? And that was five yeah, ages well, ago from what it seems a, like. Another World well, came out thing. in August last year. So obviously this, this material has been written for quite a while, but obviously the inner workings of the real world and pandemics and so on probably delayed the release of this album, I'd expect. But again, it was sort of felt like... Um, the band were dropping quite a bit of material on the build-up to the release, and uh, and you know, I, I kind of selfishly, I <laughs> I kind of felt like, well, I, I'd prefer you to maybe drop maybe one or two songs because then I've got so much more to digest when the record eventually does come. Um, and you know, you you could say to me like, oh well, you could have just not listened to it, but you know, I'm not going to not listen to New Gojira if it's available. Like, yeah, who, like who, who the fuck people think we are? Who, who, yeah, who are we fucking kidding here? Who doesn't want their Christmas presents opened early? You know what I mean? It's exactly. Like, uh, of course, you're gonna you're gonna listen to brand new Gojira at, at any you know opportunity that you uh, that you get. But um, you know, again, it, it's just uh, that <laughs> the fact that that's my only gripe says a lot about what we're about to uh, splooge into. So seven records in now and and to quote mr randy blythe who reviewed this record for metal hammer the bar has been raised again so you know just predictably gojira being as crushing and as forward thinking as ever christoph what did you reckon when you went into fortitude by gojira so i'll start with my two gripes okay first was wait was there two or was there one no the first was that I was glad that when they released the chant on Monday, I fucking held back. And I was like, nah, it's been four tunes. If you don't know how long it's going to be, that's almost half. That could be almost half an album. Yeah. Which was almost right. It's 11 tracks and one of them is an intermission, you know. Yeah. Um, so I was stoked. My only problem was that I think initially the first three tracks of the album had already been released. Yes. You know? Yeah. But then I was like, I looked at it, you know, first thing in the morning and was like, well, that's a bit shit. And I was like, no, because actually you listen to them one more time and you've got an entirely new fucking album ahead of you, which is great. Mm. Mm. My only yeah. other one was that I feel like the last two songs could have very well been switched around. You know, okay. Trails, that last song gives you like, oh, sorry, second from last song has like this beautiful guitar work and it's just like, all round, just so hypnotic. You know when you listen to a band like Highland, yeah, or something like that, and it just makes you like you feel at peace with yourself. Yeah, you feel relaxed. Like in a way, you always like feel stoned and just light. Like mm -hmm. it's so nice, so fucking nice. And I know people have said that it's not very heavy or whatever, but like Newfound has this beautiful dark and light balance, and your Sphinx, which is like your fucking signature crushing style Gojira. Yeah. And it's just so cool. They've gone and experimented. You can hear how much fun they've had in this album. Yeah, man. I Definitely. fucking love that. You know, you can hear how much they've enjoyed it. And like, you can't in not enjoy something when you know the artist's fucking loving it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like artistic, like freedom, basically. Yeah. It's having fun and what they're doing and and they love the fact that they they've got no kind of uh boundaries if you like that are kind of stopping them from having that fun 
Yeah, man. Like Barnaby, I mean, uh, initially, what were your thoughts on Fortitude when you uh, when you first stuck it on? Oh, I mean, basically, I mean, who am I fucking kidding? Of course I loved it. It's Gojira. Yeah. <laughs> no, but to go into more detail, though, like, it just seems like L'Enfant Sauvage and Magma came together and had a baby and then chucked little bits of, like, the art of dying and from Mars is serious into there as well. So it's just yeah. like, this is the perfect Gojira record because it's taken the best bits of everything and just mashed it all into one. Mm-hmm. And where do I start with all oh, the drumming as well? On like the drums on Born for One Thing, the chorus from Mario Duplantis just going back with a da 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 And it's just like, yeah. how can this guy get any better? Yeah. The musicianship is second to none. And it's just, it all blends together so brilliantly. And I think the mixture between like the heavy tracks and then you get come to a song like The Chant, which is like, it almost has this like indigenous tribal music sound to it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Holy crap, I wasn't expecting that. And it really fits the theme of the album really well. Mm. Which is about like conservation uh, conservation of the environment. Because as we know, Gojira are a very pro-environmental band. And they've been heavily involved with like Sea Shepherd and Greenpeace and all those um, organizations who are fighting to make the make sure we look after the environment a little bit more and to make the world a better place. And yeah, yeah I mean, to put it short, I absolutely fucking love this album. I think maybe, yeah. maybe album of the year for me. Ooh, big words, big words. Yeah, but... I don't speak too prematurely because I know we've got a very big year <laughs> and, of course, Tetrarch. But, I mean, it's Gojira. Of course, I'm going to love it, man. I've been a fan of Gojira since I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, it's it's one of those ones where, like, it's, uh, I mean, we've obviously said this nu- numerous weeks on this show. Like, we, we've obviously said that Gojira are going to be, like, we, we've not heard the full record, but we know it's going to be quite high in terms of, like, albums of the year but um going from top to bottom i mean born for one thing you guys have said it it's like as an album opener it, it's arguably the most crushing gojira have been since lasson savage you know all of these fucking idiots that were moaning that magma was too melodic magma was like too soft and it had too many moments that were like why doesn't it sound like for, you know, from uh, from Master Series? Why doesn't it sound like Flying Whales? Well, like, this because, <laughs> you know, we, Sorry, we, we I don't... Do that. Yeah, man, we, we don't all stay the same age for fucking... I mean, forever, you know? coming back to our review on Architects', Architects uh, latest album, for those that wish to exist, it's sort of the same argument, but with Gojira instead. You know, all the, ba- all the hardcore bands going, no, this isn't the fucking good old Gods of Manus. He doesn't do the blah anymore. It's sort of the same thing but with Gojira. It's like, you can't expect the bands to stay the same throughout their entire career. And I think this is why Fortitude in particular is so amazing is because it, in a ways, in many ways, it's so different. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, uh, and I mean, in terms of the, the following, so Amazonia, it, it's just so fucking great because I love oh, the track of the album. The Brazil, well, I don't know about that. We'll get to that mm. track of the album, but the uh, the Brazilian elements that they bring into that song, uh, I've been seeing this a lot online, but I suppose it's kind of easy to make the whole Sepultura comparison, I suppose, with those yeah. kind of like very I think Metal Sucks mentioned that, yeah, with, with the world instruments that they incorporate into the, that song in particular. Yeah. Um, for me personally, I, I think that Gojira have got such a unique sound at this point my mind immediately just went to, oh, well, it would seem appropriate to incorporate these kind of world music elements into that song when it's a song that specifically addresses a crisis impacting the Amazonian 
like Amazon and Amazon and the indigenous communities within that, you know, the tribes. Yeah, so exactly. It's kind of like, well, you know, if we're writing a song of that nature and that's the subject matter, it would make sense like to incorporate those elements into that song, you know? Exactly. Um, there was a whole crowdfunding initiative behind that song too, with pro proceeds of that song benefiting uh apib which is uh artic um, articulation of indigenous peoples of brazil who advocate the environmental and cultural rights of indigenous tribes in the amazon so it's just really fucking cool that they're trying to do so much more with their music rather than just trying to appeal to a bunch of metalheads and fucking slayer t-shirts drinking beer you well, know they're also, sorry yeah. what's that mate? is this also what they were doing with like you could buy the tickets and you got like they had loads of bands donating stuff that was that part of the yeah. same initiative exactly yeah so th th like yeah that was my that's what i was going to say so you know you had basically all their peers i mean you name it multiple bands you had rob tree uh from metallica for fuck's sake he donated a base that you know fans could essentially bid for to raise money for this cause you know it's just such a cool fucking thing for the band to mm, sort of yeah. do with their music as opposed to just like as i say appealing to a bunch of fucking metalheads that let's be honest are going to moan that you've got a song that sounds like queens of the stone age on this album uh we'll get to it but yeah man it was just such a cool initiative and a cool thing for the band to strive to do you know i, I think that the band themselves had even put up like items that they had personally made like mario had a few paintings that he had done that he put up on the the uh, the site that you could bid for joe de plantier had actually made like a personally engraved guitar he did three he did three of them oh, okay yeah, yeah he did he did two you could bid on and one that as long as you made even the minimal do donation you got tickets um in fact you could enter you could enter for free but it was suggested that you make a small donation yeah yeah, um, yeah, fair enough. yeah the dude made three fucking you know three of his own personal Cheval guitars that he engraved and fucking burnt and then all the rest of the shit like yeah I was looking, i'm looking at getting one of those because i think the signature model is like 450 pounds and i was like oh i'll be tempted i do like Cheval as a guitar player yeah but, um, yeah i'm sorry i was getting sidetracked there <laughs> but that they, they've essentially that they at this point recording this now that they have more than smash their target too which is so fucking cool that you know it really has kind of like uh got people more kind of ingrained and, and more educated in terms of the you know the, the whole purpose of uh these indigenous tribes and you know it's just really fucking cool man i i love that um and uh <laughs> i mean going further into the records we we mentioned it on the build-up but obviously another world it was it was an interesting one with another world because as i say that they had brought this this song out back in august last year which seemed like just like a you know a one-off standalone single that they had brought out uh and obviously as we got further along in the year we then found out it was obviously going to be on the record and um i really really liked that song at the time it's fucking great i i love yeah. it now it, it, fits, yeah, uh, it fits perfectly in the records you know one thing that gets overlooked a lot with Gojira in particular, I feel, is the guitar work between uh, Christian Adriu and Joe Duplantier because the, the guitar work is phenomenal all over the album. Like those guys, 
you know the, the, the tapping work that they do the fucking the signature the, the signature gojira scrape that they do oh yeah that yeah it's just like uh, mate i i get i'm getting goosebumps thinking about how incredible they are like as guitar players and the way that they play off each other uh, you know, there's nothing more I love when you're watching them. You're watching Joe just go mental on a fretboard doing all this tapping. And yeah. he's just like staring straight forward, fucking singing his heart out. You're like, how? And the other thing is, like, how do you get that good that you're like, the guitar is just an extension of myself? Yeah. I don't, you know, a lot of bands, you see the singer and they're fucking staring down at the fretboard, angry faces screaming into a microphone. He's yeah. staring dead ahead, loving fucking mm. life, peaceful as shit. Like, yeah. Well, I like, think that's what beats. separates Perfect. people like Jules de Plantier from the rest of bands out there. Yeah. Is that he's just able to do it. He's gotten so damn fucking good at it. And it's just, it's also, it's a second nature to him, basically. It's like the but, fact that the band can come on and open with a song like Ouroboros, which is all tapping. And the guy's just basically just like doing it like it's fucking nothing. It's like he's just yeah. putting up washing on his washing line. And he's just like doing all of that while singing. It's just it's it's just incredible, man. Like the musicianship in Gojira. I mean, as if like Mario wasn't like this insane drummer. You've got Joe, who's just this insane guitar player. And he can do all of that while singing and screaming as well. It's it's insane. Uh, a song like Into the Storm which has got all these like polyrhythm drums and like it's just it's so easy just to get lost in the drums themselves let alone the songs you know it's just it's insane the musicianship within the band they, they've always been such a tight unit and they've always been just so like you know i think a lot of people will probably take it at face value with gojira and they'll just think yeah like flying whales and um stranded and all these big songs and it will kind of all this like musicianship went away kind of fly over their heads because they don't realize that the band are doing these really complex riffs and these really like yeah, exactly. drum beats and it's just like the amount of like talent it takes to make the music they're making but when it's got these big stompy choruses and you know on the face of things they're just these huge singles like people it, it tends to go over their heads i feel you know and it's just it's just another reason to just adore this band i think that a song like hold on is i think that's the first taste everyone gets of the different artistic decisions the band have made in terms of their sound um the song hold on literally opens with this very melodic isolated vocal from joe and it's like he's standing on top of a mountain just screaming you know it's just like this very like oh i've never heard him do something like that before like this is like really melodic you know uh, I mean, they, they obviously in Magma, they did introduce a lot of that kind of clean singing and a lot of the m melodic stuff. But this is like going like another level, like another step forward with it. And again, with Newfound, it's got a very melodic, uplifting chorus, which is just surrounded by a fucking juggernaut of a riff. And and then we get to the chant. It's just the, the chant. It's kind of like I mentioned this earlier, but it's like the chant is like this queens of the stone age vibe it's got this very queens of the stone age vibe to it you know it's it's like it's unlike anything that the band have done because it's got like this uh it's got like this very like desert stony vibe to it it's such a weird kind of song that sticks out on the record but it totally fits in the confines of it and again it's just unlike anything that they've done 
and uh, and I, I like the fact that I mean I, I mean I, I've been I've not really been looking at any of the social media or yeah. you know any of the re- the reactions to this record, but I immediately know without even looking that I know that you've had loads of metalhead elitists that have basically dribbled on about how like you know. Why should a song like this be on a fucking Gojira album when it belongs on a Queens of the Stone Age album? <laughs> like that. And it's just like, I I really couldn't give a fuck about them and their closed-minded nature as a metalhead, you know? Like, to me, it totally fits. It totally works. And if they're going to completely dismiss a record such as this because it's got one song on there that sounds like queens of the stone age then it's their loss you know oh that's i mean that says more about them than it does about gojira yeah to be honest some fucking horrendous man yeah they've dialed down their tone so that people can think that they're fucking woke and environmentally aware and be commercial like well They've always been like this. They've just made an yeah, album where they're they've addressing had an interest a lot of in the environment issues. since they're like yeah. twelve years like, old and still living in France. If I'm like, honest, Mr. Gatekeeper, it sounds like you've not paid attention to the lyrics to any of their fucking songs. Uh, you know, like <laughs> yeah. shut the fuck up. And if they can make people who aren't into metal aware, you know, I played it to someone yesterday, and they were like, "I didn't expect this." You know, like I didn't expect to go. Oh, I like this. You know, like. Yeah. And then they're like, you pick up on things. And these gatekeepers just need to fuck off a little bit. These gatekeepers yeah. forget that like songs like Toxic Garbage Island still exist. And that was like off the art of, yeah. art of dying, which is one of the heaviest records yet. So it's like, it's they've always been environmentally aware, so they can fuck off. But you, you don't even need to look that far. Like, this album has a f- song like fucking Sphinx and Grind On, which are fucking absolutely savage songs. Like... Sphinx in particular, it could fit on Sphinx. Sphinx Sphinx in particular could fit on the way of all flesh. It could fit on Master Serious. It could fit on Terror Incognita, the Link. You know that's such a fucking heavy, heavy Gojira style riff. You know it's just and the same with Grind On. It's just like you have fuck all to moan about in terms of like Rages or in terms of like quote unquote heavy with songs like that on this album you know like fair enough if you don't vibe with the chant i get that but then don't moan don't moan that the band have sold out when you've also got songs like sphinx and grind on on there i won't tolerate that it's just it's just an absolute lazy way of just writing off a band doing something that you don't like you know it's just lazy and it's closed-minded and it's just fucking wrong and uh Sadly, there's a lot of that in the uh, the community that we call metal heads. Yeah, we'll, like, we will continue to speak out against such atrocities and bullshit because we do not yeah. stalarain for close-minded elitist country on this uh, on this show. Oh, yes. I'm kind of sad, like, you know, Fortitude, the title track that leads into uh, Chant? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely, when I first started hearing it, I was like, did the opposite of these gatekeepers like, oh my god i think gojira are gonna do some kind of fucked up amazonian blues song yeah because it has this vibe that you almost feel like it's gonna be bluesy but they yeah. have a blues solo in that somewhere i can't remember what song it is. i think it's towards the end of the chant if i remember correctly when that blue because i was like oh my god it's gonna be blues and then it goes into like this trippy fucking tune you're like Oh, okay, it's not blues, but I can deal with it. And they're like, oh, I got a blues solo. What the fuck? Like, it's like they were like, sorry, you can't have this. And here's your dessert of exactly what you wanted. Like, fuck, yeah. dude. There's nothing I, you guys can't do. 
exactly. It's just he's rap one time to piss off the gatekeepers and prove that he can do it. You know. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's just. It's just so like I, I feel that Gojira uh, at a point now where they don't even need to worry about that. They don't even need to worry about keeping certain people happy in the genre. Like they're, they're at a point where they've established a sound now where like they're going to be popular whatever way you whatever shit you want to throw at them. They're going to be popular and they're going to be con- they're going to continue to grow and and. Um, I can't see the band getting any less popular following this release. If anything, I can see them getting bigger to the point now where not only can they fill venues like Brixton Academy, you could potentially start pushing arenas with this, I think. Oh, yeah. Wembley Arena for sure, man. I, easily. Like, easily. Like, there, there's no reason why they can't do Wembley and there's no reason why they can't start to fill arenas. Um, or could you imagine a fucking full-on light show in Wembley Arena? Like... Fuck yeah. me, that would be yeah. absolutely god tier. Mate, that show that we saw in Brixton, like the, the, the level of like production that they had with mm. it. I mean, I, I know yeah. Christoph, you saw it in Birmingham. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like Birmingham, they couldn't have the fire, I understand, right? Because like No, they, they... yeah, no, because Birmingham was pretty fucking tiny for Gojira, like. Yeah. And but the light show alone was just mm. fucking lush. But yeah. like as much as I love I feel like they're one of those bands, so I'm like, I don't want bells and whistles with you guys. I want you, you know, like, you're just so fucking good. Like, yeah. That's I don't want to get distracted. They're a band that don't necessarily need to rely on, like, pyro or anything like that, I suppose, to be just mind-blowing. Um, you know, they're just like, whatever form that they turn up in, you can be guaranteed that it's just going to be just like, life a life-altering live experience with that band because they're just they're, they're just that way you know they're, they're just that fucking so they're so modest i think gojira they're so like you can throw as many compliments to you as to them as you want and they'll probably it will just probably wash off of them because they're just like oh well, well thank you we, we we like we like the fact that you like our music and like no i don't just like your music i fucking worship what you're doing at the moment yeah. it's like <clears throat> you realize how like important you are right now you're like no one's doing what you're doing there's not a band on earth that are as good as you and they're just like oh well, thank you very much like they're so modest man it's just like yeah the mention of that is i really i found out i didn't know they've never had a lineup change mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. i was reading an interview with joe and he the, the guy was like so why do you reckon it is is it a money thing he said well no obviously so obviously which a lot of bands actually don't do it's like we pay each other equally, you know. There's no Joe's the singer, so he gets fucking sixty percent, mm-hmm. uh, or you're so and so, you know. Everyone gets yeah. paid. But he was like, no, it's like we care for each other, you know. One of us gets ill, yeah. We will go take care of the other. Like one of mm. us yeah. is sad, we will console them. Like they're such because, like you know, they're such a lovely band that they're like we love each other, you yeah. know. Like like you don't hear that moves. enough. Like I was, I, the flip side was I was reading an article a week or so ago where Corey Taylor's complaining about how miserable most of Slipknot are and how he can't suffer being with them a lot. Yeah, and you're like that's why you have a lot of lineup changes. Whereas with fucking Gojira, it's like wow, you guys genuinely like adore each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of why bands like Ramstein still have a solid lineup for most of their career, probably for the same reason. 
Yeah. Wow, they are big hiatuses, but like Gojira, there's no, there's no hiatuses, there's no dramas, there's no, you know, they're just a very closely knit group of individuals. They're all brothers, and it's just such a cool, it's just such like a lovely vibe with Gojira. You know, it's 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 hard not to adore this band once you get in, you know, in, like in, interlinked with them. You know, it's um, it's a really special band, and. Uh, Again, a special band doing a special album. Predictably, a fucking incredible album, as always, by Gojira. Have you guys got anything more to add to Fortitude? Or are we all quite satisfied with the album of the year? Let's say it. Go, yeah, go, I, buy, I this fucking, like go buy this fucking record. We've probably yeah. spunked off about this as much as more than we did the other two. So I think we're about yeah. that. Damn right and uh, get tickets to go see these guys on tour when shit opens back up. Yeah, yeah. Terrible calls, motherfucker. There's rumors going around that, like, because so we didn't mention this in the news, but obviously, Download have, have announced their re-established lineup for next year, 2022. Yeah, and uh, it's essentially it's the same lineup as this year. Well, what this year was supposed to be, but Gojira aren't on next year's lineup uh, for Download. So there's rumours going around that like they're potentially going to look at getting Gojira for Bloodstock, maybe. Oh, you know? fuck yes. Third uh, time in the r- third time running, man. I'd love that. Because they did it in 2016, and oh, then when we yeah. saw them in 2018. Well, you got to think, like, you know, that, that, that they've only headlined it once. So Gojira headlining, Gojira, uh, Gojira headlining Bloodstock 2022, then, yeah. Why the fuck, fuck not? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, cool. Well... Again, that is Gojira Fortitude, the seventh studio record, which is out now. You know, you you don't need us to tell you to go listen to it. Uh, you know, the album speaks for itself. So, uh, yeah, fucking cracking band and cracking album. Uh, which brings us to the end, end of the reviews for this week's show. So uh, there's only one more thing left to do on the show this week. OK, so moving on to the very, very last segment of the show, uh, making its triumphant return is uh, Symphonies of Destruction, the segment of the show where we pick a record from whatever year and whatever genre, and we essentially just dissect it and really kind of get to grips why why it's such a classic album. And uh, this week is no exception, because we're going to be choosing a record from the lovely goths with an alkaline trio. And uh, it was a hard one to choose from, because trio have so many fucking great records, it kind of came down to either From Here to Infirmary or Good Morning. And uh, in the end, we did go with uh, Good Morning and uh, released way back in 2003, the band's fourth record. Christoph, you were very adamant on having Good Morning uh, as being your favourite. Why Why is that? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I, like, like you said, it was From Here to Infirmary or this. And from here to Infirmary was the first Alkaline Trio album I ever heard. Mm. But like, I just feel like this has a tiny slight edge. Like for me, Alkaline Trio from God Damn It through to Crimson was fucking flawless. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like this album is like so beautifully balanced. Like from here to Infirmary is a lot. I say a lot darker, like yeah. there's a lot more of the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know? like, yeah. yeah. I, I think for me personally, from here to infirmary, 
it's my personal favorite but for the very reasons you've just described because it is a, is a much more darker record uh from here to infirmary whereas good morning which is the one we're going to be looking at today is it's i mean it's not much more brighter in a sense but it's definitely a lot more um there's more damn yeah exactly yeah, uh, it's, it's, the, uh, the clincher was like you re they realized how good dan actually is yeah it mm. kind of came to an like this was the record i feel like um like uh dan andrino he, he's basically kind of stepped up and he was like oh no wait like i am just as good as matt you know and i can and i can bring a lot more to this band so out of the three of us uh me and christoph if you can't tell at this point are the the kind of very much the big big fans of, of this band so uh barnaby obviously you being somebody who's not quite as into trio as, as me and christoph do you have much of a relationship with the band in terms of their discography i mean do, do you have any particular albums that you've gone to or is this is this something that you've kind of walked into and, and kind of got to grips with uh, well, I'd say I'm more of a casual fan than I suppose you two are more serious fans. But I'm still a fan of Alkaline Trio, and I yeah started listening to them back at the end of uh, my days in sixth form. And I've, yeah, I think definitely records like Good Morning have been ones that I've come back to more often than not. Mm -hmm. So like even uh, though I'm more of a casual fan, I still have my ones which are like yeah, this is why I like this band. Yeah, I mean, is, is there any kind? Because obviously we're talking about records that are like you know coming up to like nearly 20 years old now so were there any was there any of their latter material that you tended to go towards or did you immediately just think well i'm gonna go for the more vintage i think uh, it was the classics which got me classics, into it i haven't yeah. really listened to much of their later stuff to be brutally honest and they still get, they're still going aren't they because i know that yeah, matt Sheba's, i know that matt sheba's now in blink 182 which i've listened to their later material quite a lot i mean he's done his solo stuff in uh the secrets and they released uh, "Is This Thing Cursed?" It was like, I want to yeah. say, horribly like 2018 now. Like it's been uh, yeah, spot on. Yeah, it was 2018 they released "Is This Thing Cursed." August 31st, 31st. It was the fucking that album is yeah. that's such a good album. It's it's a brilliant fucking album. That is such a return to like the the the, the form base, the old school trio. Yeah, because um, like this addiction and fucking this addiction and agony and irony was like a fall off. Yeah, and then they just brought it back with a maturer sound, and like, yeah, dude, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one with Trio because it's kind of like that they had like a a period where they were, in many ways, they kind of were were bringing out these records that were a bit kind of middle of the road, a bit kind of well, you know, you're not really doing anything necessarily that exciting or all that cutting edge or or just just as good as what you brought out before you know and um i kind of feel that the latest one is this thing curse was a real return to form it was like a real good uh it was a real good record that could get you back in the kind of mindset of like oh yeah trio were such a fucking great band back in the day and this is such a return to form and such a reminder of why they're such a great band you know i think that gap like you have this thing, I'd like to think, like, you know, because they released Crimson around the yeah. same time as, like, Blink's self-titled album. Mm. Uh, so, you know, but Crimson was about, like, it was kind of lighter, but it still had a lot of signature trio darkness, you know, when you look at, like, Time to Waste and stuff like that. Yeah. 
but like you know i think they kind of saw their peers when you've got like your fallout boys and my cams and fucking blink and they've all gone from like their signature sound of ass jokes or my cam with their darker fucking emo stuff and they've all lightened up and trio have gone well we didn't lighten up you know maybe we should try and take you know like everyone else did and like then with this with is this thing cursed it's like they've kept the darkness but like made it relevant to their adulthood yeah. but I, yeah. i'd like to think they fell off to try and go well everyone else grew up is it time no way we can grow up without fucking us out you know yeah exactly and uh with the whole kind of like co-vocalist thing as well it's it's like you look at very very big massive mainstream festival headlining bands uh, i mean my mind immediately goes to system of a down with surge and dowron and and, and ba- yeah mastodon like these huge bands that are considerably bigger than than alkaline trio uh, at least like from a commercial point mm-hmm. of view yeah uh you know you look at those bands and they're great and and that's kind of a big draw for them the fact that they've got like these dudes in the band that have these very distinctive voices and and when they're done together and when they're when they're kind of doing their parts you're like this is what makes it so fucking unique and so cool is the fact that they're multi-layered you've got like different members of the band that can do harsh vocals different members of the band that can do these harmonies that sound so unique uh you know i think that's what draws a lot of people to system and and like christoph said mastodon you know it's like they they've they've each got these very distinctive voices that really kind of shine through on their records and for my money the the kind of exchange between matt skiba and dan it's just if i'm being perfectly honest i think it's fucking as good as any of those bands get if not better you know i i I could quite hand on heart say that those two in that band they're just it's perfect you know i I couldn't have pictured like two better kind of voices going off on one another you know and the way that sorry what did you say mate i was gonna say like and the thing is like a lot of bands like system you or mastodon you predominantly like they have co-vocalists but they'll split a song Mm -hmm trio didn't really do that till later on you know they they counter each other with like backing vocals but yeah you know matt comes in with like fucking this could be love like this Mm. scathing horrible dirty fucking dark punk song like let's try it and then dan comes in with this and like what i love about dan is his lisp you know dan's got this bright sound this beautiful lisp, and then he comes in with a song like every thug has his lady and you're like Oh man, like you know, they're like they're literally like heaven and hell. You know, Matt will like make you feel like he'll give you this metaphor that you're like, that's disgusting and depravitous, and that's why I loved them as a kid. Yeah. And then Dan comes in and he's like, oh hey, here's some sunshine and rainbows. And he's like, why is that there? But also, if it wasn't there, this wouldn't be as perfect as it is. You yeah. know, like yeah, it just balances each other perfectly. Mm. You know, it's like kind of like both of them are on like a seesaw and the seesaw is just like straight it's just like it, it's just perfect you know they, they both balance each other exactly how you want it to be and the, and the music speaks for itself when when you hear those two you know um the thing i love so much about trio as well is lyrically they just have this ability to just plant you in these stories and just get so engrossed in 
these like two to three minute punk songs and they don't feel like two to three minute punk songs because the lyrics speak so just so in depth and and they're so uh what's the word i'm looking for that they're, they're just you just get so engrossed in in the stories that they're talking about in in the lyrical content it's like okay yeah you can say on paper it's like a three minute punk song but in my head it just feels like a half an hour story you know it's just it's just one of those fucking incredible instances where each of those songs has such a different unique uh influence behind it you know and uh it's coming from the heart and it just it you know it, it, the lyrics and the songs to speak for themselves but that's that's my real takeaway from um from trio and, and particularly on on good morning as well where it's got it's got that in spades when it comes to those really there's really quick like you know three to four minute punk songs but they essentially just like tell you so much more uh from the lyrical content uh literally from the opener of, of this could be love uh all on black i fucking adore that song uh yep. you know it's just there's not many bands that are capable of that like i, I don't listen to blink 182 and for, for all intents and purposes, like Blink-182, they're just a band that, you know, write songs about, like, fucking women and being a rebellious, like, guy. Where, where, where are you? Yeah, you know, like, uh, oh, being, being in a relationship. <laughs> and, like, you, yeah, you, exactly. Like, uh, what's that song? Oh, fuck. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, rock show? No, you've got the big song, like, Feeling It! What's that fucking uh, song? Oh, yeah. No, it's called Feeling This. It's literally called cool. Feeling This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, fuck it. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Schwartz, time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like fucking, uh, you know, the guy sounding like he's singing underwater, you know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, where are you? Yeah. I like, you know, uh, yeah. Pick 182. You know, I, I, I don't hate them, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that I'm a fan of them. You know, I, I, I understand why yeah. they're so big and why they're so why they're so popular yeah. but I, me, I feel like strangely it sounds like when I've, I've outgrown blank 182 but i haven't really outgrown alkaline trio which means i think them stood the test I mean, of time more this is because and this is something that i love about like growing up is that when i was a fucking kid and i first heard alkaline trio and i heard private eye you know this song about this jet going down about essentially it's like a love song about a, a plane going down and falling to shit but it's about control it's about this control and like when you're a kid and you hear that song you're like jesus fucking christ these lyrics like these metaphors are just so dark but you don't know what he's on about and then when you grow up you're like oh shit yeah you, you understand that from a different perspective because yeah. now yeah, you can see exactly what they're all about when you hear this guy go, I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. You're like, okay, <laughs> well, cool, man. Like, there was some fit chick in the corner that looked like fucking Hayley Williams from Paramore. Like, there's yeah. nothing, you can't really take much more away from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like. And this is why, like, Alkaline Trio and, like, Rise Against, like, these bands who, when you're a kid, they, like, punch you in the face because of, how different they are and how dark yeah. they sound. And yeah, well, when you take a song like when you take a song like Paper Wings by Rise Against as well, that's one that's yeah. the test of time for me. Like, really give well. it all, man. Like, State of the Union. Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah. yeah. 
like starting an album with something like this could be love and you're just like oh it sounds like a love song oh no wait it really fucking is <laughs> yeah it just grabs my balls and just goes hang on a second this isn't what we're getting at here i feel that alkaline trio have kind of been one of those like punk bands that have been able to feel you know you go back to alkaline trio because you know that it's authentic you know that it's coming from the heart and you know that it's just the subject matter of their songs it's not like this whole kind of farts fucking break you know breaking up from girls like there's this whole thing that like blink 182 did it's just you can relate to alkaline trio so much more and i think that like just artistically and, and just in terms of musicianship they're better musicians they're you know that they're, they're just so that they're kind of like everything that blink 182 i feel that wanted to be but they couldn't be because they just weren't those people i think uh, they were like the perfect they were the perfect child of misfits you know like yeah afi yeah. and them at that time were both so sonically similar yeah. But then AFI went off and like Trio just stood this test of time, you know, like they just stuck to what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Weren't influenced by oh right, all of you know, newfound glory and fucking a blink one eighty two, they're doing fart jokes. We should do that. All right, Finch and fucking Taking Back Sunday and Mike and they're going emo. We should do that. Oh no, dude. We're gonna unashamedly fucking do our songs, you know? Yeah. I'm going to start a fucking song with shaking like a dog shit and razor blades and you're going to fucking love it. Yeah. You know? that's it. It's, uh, it's like you, you do wonder like, um, if the whole decision with Matt Skiba going to blink, mm. it was more of like a decision of like the paycheck as opposed to the actual artistic fulfillment but um like sidetracked onto skiva and trio i know right that's how but, good they are like uh, yeah exactly it's just it's just in terms of we're talking about a three-piece punk band that are capable of just I mean, incredible incredible music and um they can throw down a song based on a fucking jar rule song like what kind of punk band, especially at that time, could come out and be like, this song's inspired by Ja Rule? And you're like, hang on. like new Wait a minute, metal. hang on one like, sec. Yeah, like new Metal, you'd understand if they were like, this song's inspired by Ice Cube. You're like, you're a punk band, and this song is inspired by an R&B artist. Yeah. Love it. I think that's what makes it <laughs> so know, good, though. It's like, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting that. But, fuck, yeah. yes, at the same yeah. time. Yeah, man, this is it. It's, uh, it's just... It's just... It, it just again really cements the fact that like Alkaline Trio are just such a special band, and and for three individuals to have like such a encapsulating discography and and such a unique way of 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 just drawing you in, and and as I said before, just putting you in these like these three minute punk songs, and then in your head turning into these half an hour short films. You know, it's just. It's such a unique and talented thing to do. Yeah, I I, I adore I adore Alkaline Trio and uh, and I hope that we get new material from them because uh, as Christoph said, I mean it's been uh, it's been a couple of years now since uh, this thing is cursed. So um, I've got some potential good news. Single. Um, What's that? They released a three-track single. Um, oh, what is this? Called EP called. It was actually at the start of the first lockdown. So basically. 
after this thing is cursed, um, is this thing cursed? Yeah. They then, yeah, they started working on some new music for for a new album. Um, but then when the lockdown hit, they were like, do you know what, guys? Everything's shit. And then they gave everyone the three songs they recorded. They were like, these are shit times. Here's three Alkaline Trio songs. And oh, like, decent. yeah, okay. it's fucking gorgeous. I think it might be called like EP. Yeah. You know, literally, it's something stupid. Like, it's called EP or single. And it's just like, yeah, it is just these three tunes that they had pre recorded. I so um, yeah, would have hoped literally, more. I've literally just, just jumped on Spotify and yeah, I can see it right there. Uh, Minds Like Minefields, Radio Violence, and uh, Smokestacks. So I am sincerely going to smack those on after this. That's fucking awesome. Smokestacks sounds like... Did you ever listen to Dan's solo stuff in the emergency room? Uh, no, I, I never oh, I never oh, went in on that. It sounds like the second album from that, like the really uplifting one. Yeah. But yeah, like they really... I think it was really nice is they're like, man, everything's shit. Here, have what we've done. So then they're like... Now we've got to record three more fucking songs. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to do, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. Decent. Uh, cool, man. I mean, I, I didn't even know that was a thing. So that's, uh, that's a nice surprise to, uh, to end the podcast on, I suppose. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what a fucking great band, Alkaline Trio are, man. Great band that. in the world. Yeah, fucking incredible. I mean, Barney, I know, obviously, you've probably just watched two elderly men just wang on about how good... <laughs> alkaline trio are mate but uh, <laughs> yeah but I, it's for good reason because they are good even though i'm not as big of a fan of them yeah. as you do i can still yeah, appreciate them for what they are which is like i bought an alkaline trio guitar and a skateboard and i've got a tattoo and look at this like fuck. yeah but, but like, this uh, is how fucking quality they are you should start a fucking treehouse club about alkaline trio and just basically just <laughs> show us like uh skateboards and tattoos and comic books yeah. and fucking uh you know, <laughs> All the all the treehouse oh, club so, shit. Could you imagine turning fucking turning like private eye or this could be love into a comic book like that would be? Oh, like, you could do it. That's like, what Donna I mean. Party, that would be a fucking savage one. Yeah, like these incredible songs that have such depth to them and such stories to them. I, I'm surprised they haven't done that yet. You know, you you could literally write a comic book series based on the discography of this band. That's how cool they're their lyrical content is and, and their creativity, you know? So um, if you guys listening, again, haven't gone in on Trio before, or if you're more of a casual fan like Barnaby, I uh, can't recommend albums such as Good Morning and, and From Here to Infirmary enough. Uh, and then there's still great stuff in between that as well. Crimson's got a couple of great songs on it. Uh, this Addiction, I feel, again, a couple of bangers. Yeah. Uh, this thing's I have one or two. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just a great band that doing great music. So uh, you can't get better than that, really. So if we haven't lost your attention at this point, uh, we sincerely and as always appreciate you guys listening in. And uh, should you wish for us to look at any albums on the show, just chuck us a message. We're approachable human beings. We won't, you know, scream or shout or get you cancelled if you just say hello to us. Barney might uh, come in your fucking kettle. He might come in your kettle. Yeah, I might might do. Yeah, he's he's got like some weird fetish. depends on your stance on the Weezer. Yeah, he's got some weird little fetish about ejaculating into kettles at the moment. But don't let that discourage you, you know. I mean, he doesn't know. I'm a nice person otherwise. 
he's a nice person otherwise but uh again thank you ever ever so much for listening and we'll be back next week with more shenanigans but until then have an amazing week and we shall catch you guys later so uh thank you very much again and yeah catch you later goodbye